Welcome to the Tribute to Happiness at Work, at Home, in Life podcast. What is happiness? Where do you find happiness? How do you feel happiness? Do you control your own happiness or is somebody else controlling your happiness? Are you living a meaningful and worthwhile life where you experience joy, contentment and positive well-being? Do you feel happiness at work, at home and in life? In this Tribute to Happiness podcast, you will discover what happiness means to people all over the world and how they implement happiness in their life. Here is your host, Hjeden Svenperson, and with him you'll explore these and other interesting topics. Hello and good morning. This is Iceland's Chief Happiness Officer calling. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to talk about the employee. Why? Because it has never been so important to listen to employees so that we can understand their true experiences. In this episode of Tribute to Happiness, we'll explore how we can and if we can measure the well-being and happiness of the employee. Can happiness be measured? To find out more, I'll have to call a person in lockdown. Lockdown, not prison. We are going on a summer holiday. Summer holiday. Hello, David Bellamy. Well, hello, David. This is Hedin calling from Iceland. Hello, Hedin. 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 I'm going to get that right one day. Yeah. <laughs> nice to hear from you. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How is life in the UK? I know that you are. You guys are still in lockdown, or the new lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, new lockdown. I mean, I think Happy New Year is gone out the window already. All the optimism that we were starting January with has evaporated after three or four days. Um, Yeah, this morning we start lockdown version three or 300 or whatever it is, but it's, uh, yeah, not things aren't terrific right now, but yeah, we'll persevere. Yeah, yeah, that's like, we will get through this. We have the vaccine and like, we hopefully we will get through this. So that, yeah, that, yeah, that. I think it's, it's a question of time, isn't it? That's all. I mean, it just yeah. it's. I read something funny last night on Twitter. Somebody that, you know in, in the HR profession who talked about wishing he hadn't signed up for that resilience course last March. You know, it's like a year long. How do I get off this program? Yeah. You know, and I think it's. Um, I think that's a brilliant way of thinking about it. Yeah. So, David, tribute to happiness podcast, and uh, the reason why I'm calling you, you have to tell my listeners. If they are any, <laughs> uh, wh- why am I calling David Bellamy? And you have uh, this company called the Happiness Lab. And can you give us a little bit, like, give us your background and why you have this f- company with that interesting name? Yeah, yeah, Happiness Lab. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. We, um, well, look, I mean, I spent twenty years as a management consultant and was working with. Uh, CEOs and their teams of uh, a, a pretty large firms, and uh, more recently, with with helping them to do stuff around strategy, and it was all about purpose and mission and vision and values and all those things that we do, right? And what what was interesting 
was every company we worked with came with the same problem, which was it's not about the mission, it's not about the strategy, it's not about the planning. All those things are great. We're really good at those things. It's our people, it's our culture. We can't get this engagement thing right. We can't get the right people on the bus. And it just struck me as really interesting that, of course, when you when you start looking at engagement as a sort of primary theory around humans at work and how we get the best out of people, it is very much about how we get the best out of people, isn't it? Your engagement. And, and, but nobody, you know, it's, it's one of those things I quickly fell out of love with. You know, we understand the principle and the theory of it, but it's very different in practice today in workplaces. And, and, and most companies still rely on this sort of sense of, you know, if we ask people how they feel about stuff every now and again, and, and they tell us that they don't like stuff, then they're disengaged, so we'll fix those things, and then they'll be engaged and they'll do stuff. It's like behaviorism 101, and I think that was that, that sort of belief, this idea that actually if you, know, you said we did is a great way of creating, engaging workplaces, a great way of building relationships with people. Um, and and that, so, so that, that's the sort of problem we were trying to address, this idea that very little information about culture, it's very hard to see, to understand and we figured that well if we could understand you know the most surely the most important thing is people and you know having good experiences not all not exclusively good experiences not feeling good all the time that's you know happiness at work is not about those things but it but it but it is about understanding and appreciating that when we feel good and in ourselves about ourselves with others all that sort of stuff you know then then that's going to be better. And so Happiness Lab came about from this idea that why don't we ask people to check in every day yeah. and 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 share what's going on for them in their own words, right? So rather than, you know, and I, I put it uh, uh, like this. So, so if think of it as like a relationship, right? And, 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 and if you're in a relationship with someone and the only basis, I mean, I sort of think this would be, you know, I'm trying to imagine this with, with my wife, right? That... Darling, I want to know how you feel about our relationship, but I'm but but I'm going to ask you once a year, and I'm going to tell you exactly what you the terms on which you can tell me how you feel about this relationship, and you have to answer in these specific ways, and then after about three months of you giving me the answers, I'm going to send you a report telling you the things that we're going to change as a result of those. You know, it's it's a it's a, it's a sort of fun analogy, but but it but it, of course it tells you everything about this this sort of workplace relationship. And so we're, we're so Happiness Lab is really this sort of antithesis of that mindset, which says, look, actually, we we people need to be heard, right? They need to feel the opportunity to to voice what's going on for them to share. And and and, and so we built this technology platform that ask people to check in, share how they're feeling, interact with their colleagues, and then you start to, so it becomes part about understanding how people feel rather than how happy they are, put it that way. So it's about understanding sort of the spectrum of this well-being, happiness, subjective well-being, however you want to describe it, along with a, a great way of understanding and building the right cultural components, if you like. That's... That's yeah. really what it's about. Yeah. So, but when, like, your background is, like, you were in the business, like, you were a hardcore businessman, or, like, uh, because some might think, <clears throat> and how long how long have you had the Happiness Lab? Uh, when when did you when did you start thinking about this stuff? Because <laughs> well, that, it, well, that's for the, me, well, that's the point. Too. Yeah. For for me, for me, then you are maybe you are okay. If you if I say say it like this, you are a hardcore businessman, and then all of a sudden you start to be interested in the happiness at work. And 
then people would say, hey, David, why, why are you like interested in this mushy? Like, isn't it like the women thing? Or like, okay, I'm not saying, sorry, everybody, but it's just like the picture you have of that if you, it's like it's a, maybe it's a softer uh, approach, like to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so why did uh, the hardcore businessman David go into this? Th- like, why? Can you remember why? Like, what did you yeah, have? Well, I can. Ap- I mean, I, yeah? I think the uh, I, I can remember why. And, and interestingly, by the way, you're not the first person to say that. You know, it, and it's it's a very interesting thing to me that I, I don't think. I mean. I, I, Somebody, we, we sponsor um, a few things, you know, around, and including some a, 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 a um, race racing team, uh, a stable, you know, horse racing. And I remember another trainer um, asking the yard that we sponsor, who the hell is this happiness lab? And when they said, oh, that's David Bellamy, they what, really? He's the least, you know, he's the last person I'd think to be involved in this happiness stuff. I think it's interesting, isn't it? That well, I don't know why we associate it with... Um, with, with pink and fluffy, to be honest, but but the, the, but that point it comes back to what I was just saying before that you know you, I don't think you need to be a rocket scientist to recognise that that actually teams functioning will function better when the people in it feel good, right? And and again, I just want to be clear that's not about that's, that isn't about the ping pong tables, and we tell lots and lots of stories of those things, you know, the the the, the gimmicks, but but I I, I think. It was that point before that. Why is it we're we're all doing the same thing, right? Companies we were going out there as a firm. I was advising organisations around. You know, you look at um, you start advising companies around corporate risk, and start thinking about the things that they're doing at that. You know, so their risk appetite, the structures, the the policies, the procedures, and 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 you realise that it all comes down to behaviour. And the more rules you put in, you know, I've never seen a rule book written that guarantees the behavioural outcomes associated. And yet, actually, if, when you start to think about some of the more interesting ways of building organisations, they rely on human beings being humans first and and being high-functioning humans. And I think that's, you know, that, that that's really what it's about. And, and I think there's a s- semantic thing around this word happiness too, right? That the we, we tend to think about it now... I mean, we, we as as I said, this spectrum of emotion. You know, at one end, people you know p- people feel really good, really happy. You know, they they can be elated. There's a myriad words that we might use to express happiness, and at the other end, there's all sorts of terrible things that are happening for people and that, that fall into a loose bucket of unhappiness. But I, I think the big mistake that lots of people make is they think it's it's. Happy or not, it's those paddles in the airport, right? It's the it's the red button or the mm. green button, and and it isn't on or off. We're complex beings. We experience a range of things all the time, and 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 that's what we're trying to tune into. So, you know, when I think about professional sports teams, which is used an awful lot in um, in the workplace, right? We always use these analogies of great teams, and and I think one of the things that's really interesting, you look at teams like Liverpool, that. You know, and they've got this guy, this German guy, Jurgen Klopp, come in, who for me is like the the he's the poster boy for for happiness at work leadership. Heavy on context, you know. So so once the players get on the pitch, it's not his job anymore; it's their job. But he needs to give them the context in which to operate, to do the job, to hold them to account, to hold each other to account, and he makes sure they all celebrate together. There's lots of things that he does that are brilliant, right? There's nothing soft about any of that. No. 
what it is 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 saying that I know that for those guys to perform, they need certain things, right? And and the recipe for happiness at work is pretty well proven, isn't it? It's like you you know I think you know this, right? You've already you said we talked about this before, but you know, purpose, you know, um, autonomy, mastery, as you know, we, we in these books. But actually, so that, what is what does all that mean? Well, doing something that matters, doing it well, doing it with people that I respect, and and do it well also. Um, and, and having some sort of control over the way I do it, right? That's it. Uh, and results in relationship must be a, a big thing that, like, we have to have a good relationship and, and to get a, a good result in the teams, in the working with teams, because we have to know each other. We have to, like, feel, if I say it, feel each yeah. other in a sense that we, we know, like, how are you today? Like, you have to have this trust to... Yeah, yeah. To, to be in your low or whatever. But what, when you say, like, because we are talking about also men versus women, probably, because that's like we are, okay, uh, it's not pinky, pink and fluffy because we are not skipping around and say, oh, I'm so happy at work. Uh, but what I'm thinking about is because we, like, we men, we may be, we are expected to show no feelings we are just you just dress up you go to work and you do your work and then you go home again like that is how it's been done for ages and when you look at like downtown abbey or whatever like you brits and <laughs> you like you you how things are done and and we are gro- like women like i was watching something and then why is it that we women are only supposed to give love you know, yeah, yeah. like that was the meaning in, in in that sense sometimes, or or for some ages ago. Yeah, but yeah. but how? But, but I think there's evidence, isn't there? So, so yeah. what you're describing, I mean, I mean, I don't think it's exclusively gender oriented, but there is, but there is, there is re- plenty of research that supports the fact that you know that that men orient to things, and and roles that are about things and stuff, and and females typically. Um, gravitate towards more caring and people-oriented or yeah. centered professions, right? Yeah. So, so I, I, I get the point you're making. And, and, but I think that the, I don't know, you could take that, that description that you're giving further, couldn't you, and say that what, what, why is it that for a long time, whenever women got to the top of organizations, they were considered to be devoid of emotions, yeah. or they became too like men and all that sort of stuff. And you know, we have to wonder whether that's because we don't value those things. Look, when you get to the very top of an organization, there's no doubt that you're going to need to have a, a, a very very thick skin right yeah. it's it, it's competitive to get to the top of organizations because that's where there's money and success and all that sort of stuff and it's probably what what results in us having a certain type of individual at the top of organizations with, with a degree of regularity put it that yeah. way but but i think that the um you know b- beyond that you know that the, there's a society's sort of trying to level itself out isn't it we're trying mm-hmm. to change many of the things it is difficult and i think that, that that's you you, know, you 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 sort of lead me into something quite interesting from our perspective which is that well-being side of things right again it's that sort of spectrum that we're talking about what's one of the things that we stumbled into so happiness lab we you know we the idea was back in 2016 we started building this prototype you know, and then by 2018 or in 2018, we started realizing there was something deeper that we were doing, you know, that, and, and so we were seeing the signs of people in decline 
so initially we saw it after the event so something would happen and we'd be able to look back and look at patterns of data in somebody and say oh my word you know we could see somebody in decline here and then you go you know you look to where we are now and we can see it ahead of time or not sorry be clear not it was as it's happening you know but before yeah, yeah, things yeah. become problematic and 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 what's really interesting about that is it le- it's led us into this space where you say well you know, well-being at work, mental health, certainly in the UK, and I know in the US is really problematic. You know, Western economies generally, I think, are having a problem with people's well-being, and and the and the difficulty is that we're reliant upon this strategy of, you know, it's okay to not be okay. You know, it's okay to talk about mental health, and yet we won't, right? And we won't do it because what happens is, you know, you're, um, you, you've already described it we've raised a generation of men and it's not one generation of men in work it's lots of generations mm. of men in work you know been told not to do that not to express this stuff and so it's it's a departure and we've got to work at doing it and you know and and equally you know the penalties for anybody coming out and saying i'm not okay are still severe right i'm not saying you're going to get sacked but you'll certainly lose your access to the most important jobs right the most important work because we have to Right? Companies were going to protect themselves. They're going to protect, you know. So you sit in the room with somebody who says, "I'm not okay." I'm, I mean, and and what do you say? You say you, you do everything you can to care about that individual in the room. As soon as they leave, what's David working on? David probably shouldn't go and meet that client next week because he's not in a good headspace. And suddenly, so I know that those things are going to be the consequences of coming out and saying, "I'm not okay," so I'm not going. Right? And and that's where and what's been interesting, you know, with in Happiness Lab last year. I know this is a happiness, you know, our title is happiness, and this podcast about happiness, but but. One of those, um, you know, we, we, we have um, lots of moments now that cause us um, angst when you see people struggling around organizations around the world. But there was one particular where there was a suicide reference of a man in the UK working in a bank. And, and because I, so I, I now it's, it's an anonymous safe platform. That's why it works mm. in the way it does. But I have a specific license, which, which is about these sorts of moments, right? So in the event that somebody, something is going on where we need to connect a human to data or, the, um, or vice versa, the data to a human so we can make an intervention, I knew this was a guy. And of course, and, and suicide in men is a problem the world over. And I panicked, you know, and the organization didn't know what to do. They couldn't reach out, didn't know what to say. And in the end, I had to call the, call the guy myself. And, and then, you know, you... You know, in, in in one of our clients, you know, working from home kind of thing, and we got him into counselling. But I think that that's so that you know that that's that's exactly the thing you're talking about, isn't it? This sort of how, how are we? That's at the sort of bottom end of this stuff. But you know, the the point is that this this humans being emotional creatures and relying on connection and safety. And I think that just if I might just on that thread, just another thought that I, I was thinking while you were describing the question, if you like, is that we also tend to have a belief that we can read other people's emotions. And I think that we sort of can, sort of can, you know, amongst, we sort of know when somebody's okay and they're not okay. But the nuance beneath that, you know, when you're at work, you know, the point is that we fake it at yeah. work particularly, right? Because we have to. Yeah. And so people not okay. And I think it's another really important aspect of the work that we're doing now. We've learned it wasn't part of the design. It wasn't part, you know, none of this stuff I'm describing was what we intended to do. But we realized that actually, you know what, if people are, Faking it till they make it and you know, faking, uh, hiding what they feel and faking what they don't, I think is the book I was given when I was a teenager to read about body language. But the, this idea of mm. um, not 
wanting to give away when I'm disappointed, not wanting to give away when I'm upset, not wanting to give away stuff. And, you know, and then even suppressing joy because I don't want to rub success in my colleagues' faces, all that sort of stuff means we're living a sort of a, a, a sub-human existence in the workplace. But it, it is because when you you talk about the man, like if they're so suicidal, that like we have to care, we have to show that we care about because that I think we have distanced uh, distant ourselves from this self uh, care caring of others. But because when you when you talk about the uh, when people have to admit that they are having troubles in like their psyche, and you you don't want to. It's better to have a broken leg. It's better to have cast because then everybody can see that you are there's something wrong with you. But when you are just you are whole and you walk around and you are like, why are you not smiling? Because you have like there's nothing wrong with you. And and because of you, you mentioned the the football analogy. It's like when a footballer is off when he is playing soccer, then it's something like he can't find his. Like, why is it? Yeah, it's because he is not in the game. He, his head is somewhere else. Or, like, he... I, I find it because you mentioned Liverpool, and, and I think of Jesse Lingard. Like, why why is he so low? Because why isn't he finding it's, his, his, his moments or whatever? Like uh, because he plays for Man United, of course. But well, the, um, okay, I don't <laughs> like you. I like I don't I don't like him anymore. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I, but I think. But listen, that's a really good thing. You're, you're, so you're describing, of course, is that well. Firstly, I, I think humans do care about each other, right? Yeah, but, yeah. But the, so that and that's the thing that we don't allow. In there, there's not enough capacity for us at work to do that because, again, if the point is that faced with knowing your colleagues are not okay, we care. Right, but the, but but the problem is that they won't tell us that they're not okay because it's it's difficult. And I think it's you know there's lots written about empathy and compassion and stuff like that in the workplace that where you where you kind of have to you know be able to support each other and all those sorts of things rather than be focused on why are they playing badly. And I think the football. If I just go back to that, you know, England, you know, we we got beaten in a big tournament a little while back by this little tiny nation. Oh, yes. Well, what was that? And, yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but, and there's something really interesting, right? You look at, so, so what, what, is it, what is it about? What people, people have always said about England football players, they lack the passion, they lack the belief. Is it the money? Is it the, you know, what, what, what? And, and none of those things can be right. There's not a boy who plays football or a woman who plays football in this, who doesn't want to put on the England shirt. You know, that's what you, when you, if you're playing football as a child, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're dreaming of playing for England, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And, and, but that shirt must wear heavy. Yeah. Right. So something about the, you know, the way that they're told to play, you know, and, and, and of course, and Gareth Southgate came along very much in this sort of modern manager mold where he's not trying to be the alpha. He's not trying to be the boss who stands on the side and screams at the players. He gets them thinking about their responsibilities, the routine, the process, the joy in what they're doing. And, and you know, and I think that that's the point. And so caring about each other, being responsible collectively. And, and, and sporting analogies get stretched into the workplace because actually you're not playing for 90 minutes and training for the rest of the week. You know, we do it the other way around, right? Yeah. We train for one hour a, a year or 10 hours a year and we're playing for the rest of it in the workplace. And I think that we've got, you know, so you, you, we, we, I've always struck me that we, we do things in a really weird way. You know, you wouldn't have a sports team or a military unit, which is the other thing that we're often using as analogies in the workplace and send them in to do their job 
without them being fit to do it, right? Without them being prepared, without them knowing each other, without them being deeply invested as a as a collective, you know, in this in, in what they do and you know, being physically fit, mentally fit, all that sort of stuff. And and we do that every single day in most companies. And I think it's I'm not I'm not suggesting again the the that we're dialing back and say, well, actually half of the week should be about training and, and you know, and meditation. Yeah. It's not that, but it, but it really does need to be addressed in a slightly different way. In, in, we, we are, you know, we, we've got this data about companies and about how people interact and, and, and we can see the effect of somebody reporting they're not feeling good. And when their colleagues anonymously come back and say, hey, we care about you, their, their profile pattern, the data changes, right? So, you, so what you said about caring, like, we can prove, right? So all those things count and yet, Inside the companies that we work with, culture's the side desk. It's the thing you do outside of your day job, right? And, and behavior and humans and people and all this stuff that we're trying to fix. And yet it's the bit that costs us all the money, right? Mm. The, the people cost us all the salaries. They cost us all the, you know, all the sickness, all the leaving. And, and, and you think, well, actually, why are we not doing more with that? And it's because it's intangible. It's complicated. It's difficult. Yeah. And, 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 and we'd rather not do these things are much much easier if we you know if, if we count the money so when you started the happiness lab what, what was it like uh, did you did you start with like one big question and then broke it down to several or or like how how did you make the uh, do we call it algorithm or or how do you make the the dashboard or like what was it that drove you into like did you study or read uh, 6,859 uh, books about positive psychology and stuff? Or, like, how, how did you approach approach it so that people would, because, you know, survey fatigue is also something that we can, like, I could take buckets and puke, like, for the rest of a day, because you, you answer the surveys about the working environment but nothing happens because you can't see results. Like, how do you oppose to the companies that you serve? That you like, do you go to them and say, "Okay, guys, I have this service, but you have to do, you have to be visual about it." Like, if there is a problem, like, how do you address those things? Because some leaders are like they were born in 1920, because things were done in a certain way back then i think there's, there's not i mean that's a great a great question um i, I wouldn't you know i mean i think that let me tackle the last bit first right the leader thing and one of the best conversations i had and i remember so it was, it was um ceo a big american technology company like thirty thousand employees um so decent sized company and first i was right so i We'd arranged the meeting and he wrote to me before the meeting to say, just want you to know that um, I think you're going to come and tell me that happiness produces better business results. And and I believe that business results produce happiness, right? Okay, and, yeah. and and that's what we're going to, that, I suspect that's what we're going to discuss. And we had a brilliant discussion, right? And, and, and we had an hour in the diary and we spent two and a half hours together and talked and talked and talked at the end of which he said look i think i think you're right that this human stuff matters more than more than we give it credit for um he said but i think the problem is i only know how to run a company the other way around yeah. 
right? And and so that and I and I admire that guy's retired now because but that was because it just in in the three years since we started Happiness Lab, you know, he he, he um, packed up, but but it, a, a brilliant, you know, and, and an admirable bit of wisdom, if you like, and reflection on his part. Um, but let's come back to the other thing, right? So so the, the what do we do? So so yeah, so I read lots of stuff about about happiness at work, about positive psychology, of course, and but but I think that there's there's a lot of stuff written that. You know, we center on the individual, and I think it's the systemic stuff. It's the organizations that we're trying to look at, the way that so so people kind of intuitively get many things. That you, you, you know, that about look after yourself. I don't think they're very good at taking responsibility for themselves, and they should. You come back to the sporting analogy: if you're not fit, if you're not capable of running up and down the wing, then you're not going to be a very good fullback. You know, and and mm. and and I think that, of course, in all aspects of our jobs, we should take more personal responsibility for that stuff. But that's not the same thing as what many companies do, which is they transfer responsibility to their staff to say, well, you look after yourselves. We don't then have to fix the environment, right? We're not going to give you the conditions in which you can be your best. The, um, and, I, and, I, and so I think that, you know, we set out with this idea. Firstly, we've got to fill the information gap. And, and we don't do, we're not a survey company, interestingly, right? So, so it's, it's, and, and it's, it's, so survey fatigue, why does survey fatigue exist? Big, people don't mind sharing their opinions, right? They do it every day. Otherwise, Twitter wouldn't exist. Facebook wouldn't exist. They're sharing stuff all the time about what's going on, about what matters to them, what's important. What they care about is the second part of what you said, right? That nobody's bloody listening. Yeah. Right? If I say this stuff and nothing changes as a result, and, and now there's a second part to that problem because we quickly overcome that, the issue of giving people a voice, Right? The second part is that nothing changes as a result. So, so we have raised a bunch of managers to believe that their job is to fix all the problems. Yeah. Right? Now, what do we think about? So, so just remove your manager from that process and go one level up or another level up again, right? And suddenly, it's not. It's done to me. It's not about me. It's done to me, right? So, so suddenly, that thing we're talking about. You've told me what's wrong. I'm gonna fix it for you, right? And I come back to my relationship with my wife, and and every time she shares problems with me, and I do what blokes do too often and go, oh, I, I, let's fix that. I don't want you to fix it, mm. you know, because that's not my change, that's your change, right? And, and, and so, we, so we, thought, we thought very hard, long and hard about creating the, the, a, a, an environment in Happiness Lab that is safe, anonymous and transparent so everybody can see the data live, right? So that you're saying, well, so we want you to share this stuff, but then, we, but then try to encourage organizations to create that space, to create the time, not the solutions, but create the time for people to start saying, okay, how might we change this? So if you, you think about the survey that we're all familiar with, you know, this idea of, well, what if, what if you saw how your colleagues responded to questions? as soon as they answered them, right? And then, well, so rather than waiting for it to go off and be analyzed and come back, and then somebody tells you that what you're gonna do as a result, well, if, if I said, actually, I, I think we're really bad at that. Or, or I've shared this thing and we, you know, we, and there are lots of ways that you can use data in Happiness Lab to, to organize work, if you like. But the, but the point really about it was, was always to say, well, if I am feeling this way, and this is something that's not good about work, and my colleagues are saying similar things, then why don't we go and do something about it? And that's the bit that in many organizations is really difficult to overcome because, because there's a comfort in expecting others to fix it. Um, there is a lack of 
uh, recognition or value attached to fixing some of these things. But where it happens, where you see people taking responsibility, starting experiments, that's where the lab part of Happiness Lab comes from, this idea of it, experimenting in your workplace, right? Um, experiment in your workplace and see what works for you. And then, you, of course, you, we, we've got all the data that proves what's working and what's not in terms of how people feel. Um, but but this sort of doing it for ourselves, that's where good change comes from. Mm. That's where the stuff that is... Um, that is going to last comes when it comes from ourselves when we tried it and we and we and we then own it you know rather than done to us so that's that's the stuff but and I just want to you know the, the you you also asked at the beginning you know what how did you do this sort of did you convince people and I remember one of the very early conversations as well again CEO of, a, of an insurance company uh, here in the UK and and I was talking to him about the sort of way of thinking about engagement versus how we happiness and all that sort of stuff you know this how we feel matters more at the end of which he said look um and we'd had three or four conversations he said uh i think you've opened my eyes to a totally different way of seeing this subject of people at work you know this, this happiness or engagement thing at work and i said great then so when do we start and he said well we're not and i said what do you mean he said well we're not doing anything he said he, he said if you think i said i love what you talk about i think it's brilliant i think it's right but if you think I'm bringing a company called Happiness Lab into my workplace and standing up in front of my people and telling them that we're going to do this work with Happiness Lab to improve, they'll think I've gone mad. Um, and 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 I was I was a real kind of wow, that's amazing. Right? And you know, I think now I'd, we'd have had a different conversation, but but that was that was the first time it happened. And you know, and and knocked me sideways in terms of like, oh, I don't know how to respond to that. But, no, but that's, yeah. that's the stuff, right? Yeah. So and and since then, there is uh, has a lot happened because like burnout, it's just like it's a pandemic. Like talk about the pandemic in a, another sense. Like it's just people getting fed uh. up, and and I think in a sense that this corona pandemic that we are living in is just people having enough time to. Like in in your case in UK, people have lockdown and they are experience so much stuff and they just why is it that I'm not happy or not satisfied and they just start looking inwards, and and they have the time to go inside and find their feelings. How am I? Like, I think that is uh, a, a, it's a big value if you think about it in that sense, yeah. the, the virus or the pandemic. So, <clears throat> it, it's. I think you're right. You know, it's it's um, burnout and and all the things you're describing. You know, they are. Um, you know, there's been a great reset, hasn't there, for many people? Um, that, that bit of reflection. I, I think it's difficult as well, though, isn't it? You know, because at the same time, you know, this attrition, attritional value, if you like, of negativity in the news. This sort of everything is wrong, everything's broken that we're surrounded by, and the way that media, you know, the clickbait. You know, I think you said it to me previously. Clickbait sort of generation mm. uh, of of media and, and stuff makes it hard for people. And so, but that's it. You, you, that, that's absolutely right. Well, we have seen, you know, as I just say, you wouldn't be at all surprised to hear that we see a massive sort of general decline in how people feel. You know, this sort of, we use a rating scale of naught to one hundred, which gives us a nuance. And the reason we do that, by the way, is that people don't tend to center in the same way when you do naught to ten. You know that, mm -hmm. but it, it, you get nuance. But 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 throughout last year you know it's a big drop off in march when the first lockdown happened here in the uk and actually around the world broadly at the same time but it's um 
that, that there's been a long tail to people sort of struggling. And in, uh, particularly the thing that worries me today um, is that the, there was a massive difference between the uh, working women and working men on Happiness Lab last time round because women um, typically had the child care responsibilities as well and we've had schools close again so i'll you know so i think that's you know that they, they, they are additional pressures and that you know that that's that, that sort of attritional burnout and and work-related stress come as a result of cumulative stresses uh, and and being constantly in a state of stress without without opportunity to uh, to, to alleviate any of that if you like through um you know all sorts of methods of course as you'd well be aware but the that, that's where the problem is It sounds very intriguing. So that's uh, like, and people can they like? We will uh, probably. I will put your uh, happiness lab link on my Facebook and or in the tribute to happiness Facebook page and stuff. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> so they can just contact you and and see stuff or or like. Do you have any examples uh, on your web page or like? Can people see What? something or or how is it that you like? Do you have some videos or like? It's uh, visual stuff to to. Like show people how you do it. You do things. No, we have. Uh, so, so you, you're one of the things that happened. So, so last year, um, so the short answer is yes, we have those things. And I'll, but, but last year, we um, it was as a technology platform. We're sort of evolving as we go, and it's, it's great because we're sort of going as we're learning, we're developing yeah. and, and moving. One of the things that we did last year was moved towards a few that sort of technology book a demo kind of slot for people in the diary and and people people don't want to do that because they're going to get sold stuff you know but yeah. but you can get you know so companies if you're you know um teams of you know 10 20 people can go and just create an account and go and use happiness lab and there's videos on the platform we've got a toolkit on there that will guide people to how to use it they can of course reach out and, and we'll sort of give them tutorials we've got a youtube channel where there's videos showing stuff. We haven't to date, I've always been, it's, it's my background in consulting really, because everything we were doing was secretive and sensitive and all that sort of stuff. And so we haven't really done the storytelling with our clients to date. And it's something we're, we're rectifying now actually. So we've got a few, a few of our clients sort of starting to tell some stories about the things that they've found with Happiness Lab, how they use it, what the people that use it value, you know, to, even things like there's a journaling tool in there yeah. that guides people through different journaling techniques. So again, so the individual value, the company value, and the sort of the team and group value within that. So I think it's, so trying to do those things. But you on the website, you'll see various things. You can create an account if you wanted to go and sort of try it for yourselves, but equally reach out, um, you know, and and and, and we'll, um, and, you know, we, we can take you through it. We're also uh, about to schedule One of the things we're going to be doing differently in 2021 is um, regular uh, monthly webinars, open access webinars, where we're going to talk about different features of workplace. So, for example, um, later in this month, and we're just trying to organize dates are getting moved about a bit because of the lockdown here and implications on our working team. Um, but we're um, a, a webinar on well-being and all the features that we've introduced in, in Happiness Lab that are really specifically about monitoring and responding to well-being needs around your business, but also how, you know, people inside your organization can support each other using this sort of, you know, so the features we built that, that don't stop you doing all the other things you're doing, but but complement your work already on well-being. And then we'll look at things like the cultural building tools, how you can 
use the sort of freeform narrative that people offer you to build the sort of highlights and lowlights, as we call them, of your workplace, stuff like that. So we'll be doing a series of webinars this year, and you know, and I'll, I'll make sure I let you know. So, um, it's brilliant. Yeah, perhaps you come. So to uh, round things up, because uh, my time sense is just like off, uh, but I, I enjoy it because it's a very exciting discussion. Uh, we have been talking about happiness at work, and we have been talking about the happiness lab. So now we have to dig in your uh, family life. So how is happiness at home? Do you have a special like uh, a web page or like a, a happiness lab at home? <laughs> because you have mentioned your wife uh, like a couple yeah. of times. So are you in an agreement of uh, like because you mentioned that like when she comes to you and and this is general for every marriages or every like it doesn't matter if you are like just in a really relationship that the other person the significant half comes to you and say i have this problem or we have this problem or we have this and this uh, they are expressing some feelings or stuff and you as you said like you go in this yes i have to fix this mode instead of yeah. How can we how can we fix it? Because it, it must be a, like why are you feeling this? So how how do you see happiness at home? Because you have kids, like and mm. there is pandemic, they can't go to school. Like how do you do this at home? Yeah, well, I, look, I mean, I I, I I am not giving anybody marriage guidance. No, no. <laughs> the, um, I think. Uh, I, I'd be interested to see what my wife thought if she listened to this discussion. Yes. But the, um, but the, look, I mean, I think like any re- relationship, um, you know, it, they take work, don't they? They take appreciation, understanding, and all those sorts of things, and giving people each other space. I think you know, being aware of um, of the thing that we just described, solution mode, all that sort of stuff. Is start is start of it. I'm I'm much better today than I was when I was a younger man for sure. But I've got a a 16-year-old son um, who, you know, looking at the last lockdown, you know, his first question was, does it mean I can spend the next three weeks in my bedroom playing Xbox kind uh-huh. of thing? Was, and so, so when the rest of us are thinking, oh, my God, he's thinking, yay, this is genius, right? This is, <laughs> this is going to be the best ever. Am I allowed to go to the fridge? I think this is his only concern. Um, and, and I got a five-year-old daughter. Um, and, you know, of course, and there's a, so we have a... a, a yeah, a sort of a, a, a lovely balance. But family is fundamentally important to um, to my sort of happiness at home, if you like. We have, um, fa- a, a, you know, extended family. My my um, parents and siblings and my wife's um, family, we're all close, um, spend as much time as we can together these days. But we do things like, you know, so um, we have family quizzes and stuff like that. So we're, so we're doing, I'm very fortunate that we, we have a, you know, as I say, a very close and caring family, um, and and look out for each other, which I which I think matters. It really does, you know. So that that helps um, immensely. And I think the the other thing, but I, I, I talked about personal responsibility last year. Um, I sort of undertook a bit of a sort of personal renaissance, if you like. So I started running. Um, I've never been a runner, right? No. I, I, you know, I was uh, never been able to do it. But in, but on Boxing Day, twenty uh, sixth of December, twenty twenty. I downloaded one of those Couch to 5K apps and went out for the first run, which, by the way, was six lots of one-minute runs with one-minute walks in between, yeah. and that nearly killed me. Mm. Um, and and, and as, you know, by the end of the year, I'd run 780 kilometres. Um, and, 
and and that so so that stopping smoking which i was doing until you know for 30 years until the middle of last year and you know being um overweight you know that sort of stuff not good for you right so it mm. makes you a less good uh human and, and that means that transfers into my work and it transfers into my home life and so these things i've found i honestly i, I know you never heard me say this a, a year ago but well, just over a year ago but now I go for a run. In fact, when we're done here today, I'm going for a run. Yeah. And it'll be a good headspace. I get clarity of thoughts about stuff in a position where I can't do it, you know, do anything about it, but I can, you know, but I can just think things through. And and, and and that sort of well-being does transfer into my relationships at home with family. It transfers into my work. And I think that that's something I'm really personally proud of because it's it's on me, if that makes sense. And I've recognized the difference. And so, you know, so now you know, trying to take a bit more responsibility. It's only taken me 48 years to work that out. Um, but, 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 um, you know, I'm, I, I'm nothing if not a slow learner, eh? Well, I think that is uh, common for everybody because we t- attend, we, t- we tend to forget ourselves because in, in everything that, like, the sleep, that is also something that we have to, like, take care of. So in your opinion like i think you have answered the happiness in life question because you are doing something in remarkable so but you must have been then because i gather that you are a supporter of the uh the i can't say it i'm i i am there is no doubt that i'm a man united fan so that's like i can't i can't i want to puke when i say it so after 30 years of drought in Liverpool, then you must have been ecstatic this uh, last spring. <laughs> oh, I'm not a Liverpool fan. Oh! So you're no, just, no, no, no. So no, you're I'm, just I'm kicking me fan. because you... Oh, yes, because you're in London. Is no, it? I'm not. No, no, no. No, no, I'm not in London either. Cool. Oh, my no, I'm, a, I'm a Swindon Town fan. We're, um, we're a, 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 so my reference to Liverpool was purely... Um, because of Klopp. I, I think, uh, you know, I've become a massive fan of Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, I just yeah. think it's a... Yeah, as a, and and just back to that business thing, you know, it's like people have been looking at sporting managers for um, leadership inspiration for a long time, and I think he's possibly this generation, not just him, um, but you know, Gareth Southgate and Pochettino um, and Pep Guardiola and and and. There's lots of yeah. these guys around that really understand how human beings function, and and I think there's so there's so there's some stuff that we're seeing now that's different. Anyway, so so that was the thing. I'm a Swindon Town fan. Now you might not know. Swindon Town. Well, we're not yes, I do. Best known side. We're a League One team. We're virtually bottom of the league. Um, we're a desperately bad football team. But I've been watching them since I was 11 years old. Um, and uh, yeah, they're not so. I went. We went to last time we played in a big game at Wembley, which was not that many years ago. But it was a playoff competition to get you know, to the next league up. And we were beaten. And my son, at the time, uh, sorry. It was still my son. It wasn't my son at the time. But, but at the time, my son said, um, I don't think I want to be a Swindon fan anymore. And, and, I, and, I, and I was searching in, you know, the father's supposed to say, you've got to take the rough with the smooth. You've got to go, you know, you've got to live with these days. And and, and I, all I could do was say, I don't either. You know, it was it. And the more downs and ups. Yeah. Well, I... In a For a short while, I felt like I was in a quicksand because I, I thought you were a... a Liverpool fans. So <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah, like in Iceland. It's just like either or. Uh, it's just like no question about it. So everybody is. But it has been a fantastic talking to you. And I have a little bit of challenge, extra challenge, because you, you can't say my name. 
Are you up for it? Come on. Say, say this further for me. Say, say, say this further. Say this further. Close by. So, David, I thank you for this uh, great thank chat. Thank you, and Hedin, yes, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I hope your business will thrive, and 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 you will have. Uh, I hope the lockdown will like only make you bigger and and better. So that's uh, great. So I I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you very much. Thank you. I really appreciate the call. Thanks very much. Enjoy it. Take care. This has been the Tribute to Happiness podcast. Tune in for next week's episode. You'll find us on social media.